You're listening to the Rise Up Women podcast, episode number five. Welcome to the Rise Up Women podcast, where courageous women share their stories and journeys of healing from domestic abuse, betrayal, and other trauma and struggles of life, as well as interviews with experts sharing tips and strategies to create a life that we all dream of. I'm your host, Mickey Sturgis. Ladies, let's rise up together. Hello there, this is Mickey Sturgis. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode number five, another great interview with an amazing survivor, Lucy. She is an author of My Cry to God that is based on her experience as an abused child and a domestic violence survivor. In this episode, she freely shares her stories of being a victim of domestic abuse, having five miscarriages, and losing not one but but two children. Um, She survived cancer twice and overcame drug addiction. Her determination to conquer all these struggles and reliance on God has made her much stronger, and now she shares her stories. So in this episode, we talked about trauma bonding. Trauma bonding is very common in domestic abuse. It develops over time while going through the cycle of violence. You know, the cycle of violence is when you go through honeymoon stage where everything seems to be positive and nice And then something triggers the abuser and he gets angry and becomes physical. And after that, abuser calms down. He may apologize and promises to never do it again. And then goes back to that cycle, becomes, you know, honeymoon stage, very nice. And then it triggers again. That cycle continues. When that cycle continues, and if you keep staying in that same relationship, then pretty soon you become accustomed to it, right? And what happens is that person who's abused start to hang on to the good times rather than those trying times and starts making an excuse for, for him saying like, oh, if I only didn't do that, if I didn't make him mad, he's other than that, he's very nice. He's a very nice guy normally, but he just has this violent side to him. Or, you know, we have a great time. Um, he just gets triggered so easily. You know, it's, it's like you're really staying for the good times. In my previous episode, I shared why I stayed so long. And during that episode, I talked about fear and why I stayed that long, but I didn't use this word trauma bonding, but that's one of the reasons. A lot of people are not aware of this because trauma bonding happens over time. You know, when you meet this person, that the person is charming and you fell in love. And when Things seems to be going really well. Something happens. He is triggered and he starts um, physically abusive. 
and then verbal abuse starts happening. But that cycle of abuse, you know, going through the honeymoon stage where everything is rosy and nice, and then something triggers, goes go through violence, but he apologizes. He seems sincere and says, well, I'm sorry, I'll never do this again, and then comes back around and have a good time. So we tend to like hang on to the good times, and we tend to say, well, he is not that bad. He just gets triggered so easily. But we have to remember, nobody deserves to be hit or kicked or physically abused Okay, so uh, we talk about that. Um, Once again, just a friendly reminder, some or all of the conversation may trigger you in some ways. And I pray that God will strengthen you and give you peace and also hope by listening to other women's stories like Lucy's. As she shares in this interview, we do have a choice. Yesterday might have been a horrible day, but today is going to be a better day. Make a choice to make this day a better day. May God give you strength and comfort, and may you be blessed by this episode. So without further ado, here's my interview with Lucy. Hey, Lucy, thank you so much for coming on today to be on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to meet you. Yes, me too, me too. And I'm really look I was looking forward to like getting to know you a little bit more, what you've done and you know about the book and everything. So um tell us about yourself a little bit before well, we jump in. Um I will be thirty eight years old this week. And um my entire life I have been a survivor and a fighter. And, um, you know, by the time I was 19, I had already buried two of my children. I had already fought and conquered cervical cancer, child abuse, and I was already an abused wife. Um, so I try to reach out a lot to younger women, um, you know, being a teenage, all those things. And then, uh, you know, since then, I've also buried all together, I've buried three of my children. And uh, I just um, reach out you know, to other women with my pain and what has happened to me in my life. And I try to, you know, I just, all I do is focus on uh, what God has planned for me to help other women. And that's kind of, you know, a little bit about me. Um, I do have a living son and a uh, wonderful husband that God has blessed me with. So uh, I feel like I can reach out and tell the world that happiness is possible. Oh, totally. I so appreciate you. You know, we met, you know, you came into our group, Rise Up Women Group Movement. And I, I'm so grateful for those women like you to come in and share their story. So you just started to share your story, but would you like to sharing your story a little bit more? Sure. Um, well, I mean, you know, as a, as a child, the, the first time I ever remember um, I'll just be blunt because that's how I am. Um, The first time I ever remember having my head slammed into a window, I was five years old. And the first time I was bullied into an uh, apologizing to my abuser, I was eight. Um, So I had been abused my whole life. It's, you know, I was taught 
that it's okay. Um, I was taught that women are basically nothing. You know, we're not, uh, I don't know how to say it. I was, I was, it was, it was nailed into my head that abuse and, and physical violence is okay. And so, you know, with like, um, my ex-husband, my ex-abuser, uh, the worst of them, of them all, he beat me into labor. Um, my daughter Kendall died during one of my attacks from him. And for some reason, um, I was so shattered and so damaged that I stayed with him mm-hmm. instead of doing something about it when I had the chance. Um, now, you know, as far as my story goes, now I know that, you know, trauma bonding is such a such a real thing. And, uh, you know, I also ended up having another son uh, with him that passed away also. Um, you know, I uh, I tell women all the time that, you know, when you're abused, as you know, we're we're so um, brainwashed and damaged mm-hmm. that it's just some people feel like it's impossible to ever come up out of, um, you know, and, and on the, the anniversary of my, my second child's death, I overdosed. Um, and God gave me, uh, I tell people all the time, like in my story, in my book, on my blog, um, you can believe it or not. It could be a, a hallucination or it could have been a dream or whatever. It doesn't matter. It was real to me. And God gave me a vision of hell, of where I was headed. Um, I knew then that um, rather it was real or not, it was real to me. And that if I didn't change my life, I would never be with my children again in heaven. Um, And so that's when things really started changing for me. And I started noticing that my story was, um, you know, really uplifted and encouraging other women. And I made a decision during that time that no matter how hard it was, um, I was going to continue to use my pain for good because God can take anything bad and use it for good. Mm-hmm. And it took me, you know, a long time to figure all that out and to finally break free from my ex-husband and uh, break free from the other abusers in my life. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of sums it up. I mean, I do, um, I, I, con- I conquered cervical cancer twice um, like I said, I'm 38 this week and I've, you know, that, that was rough. That was a rough time. Um, and then the addiction, um, of course was hard to get through. Um, most, most women, you know, when you're, when you go through so much trauma that you just cannot focus or, or continue to even try to live your life, you know, you get so messed up in your head that it's just really, really hard to come out of. Um, but you know, I prayed so hard. I prayed hard. I cried. I screamed. A lot of people asked me why I called um, my book, My Cry to God. Well, at the time, my living son um, was eight years old. And he said, Mama, you've done nothing but cry out to God your whole life. Mm. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's the perfect you know, name. Wow. Um, and that was also the year he found out about his sister and brothers that had passed away. Uh, and so... You know, um, I've been crying out to God my whole life, and I'll never stop. I'll never stop. Wow. You know, I read your bio, and um, I haven't read your book yet, but um, you told me about that, and it just broke my heart. You know, who could 
do such horrible things to children, child, like five-year-old, and when you are eight and five, you still remember those times. Every detail. Every detail. Oh, gosh. But- As an adult, um, what's so bad, and it's so sad because I still love those people. Um, I come from what I have finally been um, made aware of, that I come from a very narcissistic family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm what they call the scapegoat of the family. Uh, example, a year and a half ago, my brother attacked me again. He He's 50. He's much older than me. Um, on my blog, a lot of people are starting to realize, you know, that's part of my story because I'm a grown woman and I'm still being physically attacked and uh, abused in many ways. But I refuse to I refuse to be a victim anymore. In my book, uh, you'll see that uh, the first time my brother attacked me was with a uh, uh, clothes hanger. He, he he beat me from head to toe with the clothes hanger when I was 14. He was 26 at the time. And, um, I, you know, I had another family situation where I was beat with an extension cord, bloody. I mean, you know, I have literally been an abused woman my whole life. And I refuse any longer to stand back and continue to be a victim. And just like telling my story. Um, some people say that I am kind of putting myself um, at risk um, in danger for telling my story. But, you know, God wants me to tell my story. And as many women that come to me and thank me, you know, um, and I tell women, especially like in your group, um, their stories, your story uplifts and empowers me too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just telling each other our stories and open, you know, being open and honest. It helps me as much as I help you kind of thing. I totally agree with that. You know, um, for the longest time, I couldn't tell my story. And I underestimated or underrated myself. I was saying, no, no, no. My my story isn't that significant, you know. I just did what I could to to escape. And and, um, when I told the story one time, you know, one of my lady friends, she goes, oh my gosh, your story is nothing but insignificant. And then that's when I realized maybe, you know, there's something about my story that could help other people. Exactly. God kept whispering to me, you know, say, hey, it's time, it's time. And I was like, no, 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 God, no, I don't want to do it. I was scared. You know, you, I feel like you're so you're, you're brave because I was really scared of retaliation for a long time. Um, you know, a lot of people, yeah. A lot of people uh, think that I would be, and I should be um, as far as being just um, having any sense at all <laughs> kind of thing. I should be scared, but I'm not. God's going to protect me. And he sent me an amazing husband that has never once laid his hands on me in anger. Um, we've been married 14 years and oh, congratulations. thank you. He supports me. He's the father of my living son. Um, and he supports me and he loves what I'm doing. Um, you know, most men wouldn't really care for their, their wives or girlfriends or whatever to talk about their ex-husbands or that what has happened. Um, yeah. But he saw a, a lot that had happened to me. Um, but you know, I, I have that support from him. That's awesome. He he protects me physically. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, like right now, 
the bigger the book gets, the bigger my story gets, the bigger the book, whatever God has in plan for me. Um, My goal is to help other people. But a lot of people say the same thing about, you know, being scared and not being able to um, tell their story because of retaliation. You know, Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen, but I can step outside my front door and see my brother, my abusive brother. I can see his front yard because I live in a small town and we're on family land. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is scary. Don't get me wrong when I'm there by myself, but I'm not going to let anybody scare me anymore. I'm, that's where I'm at. Yeah. You know, a lot of women say they don't have a voice and I just want to be a voice. Yes. 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 Amen to that. You shared a little bit about when you saw something that that was the point in your life that you decided this is enough you mm-hmm. want to move it was was that the the turning point what what point that did you decide okay that's enough i am moving on that was about the time um see i had already moved on and began to reach out uh, the thing is i was raised in the church um Believe it or not, with even though my family uh, believes in in violence, they also believe in a specific way of religion. Mm. Um, and then it got to where they would drop me off at church by myself. Um, so you know, God's always now. I have a mamma that passed away. She kept God in my life. She kept me connected somewhat. So I was already what I had already been baptized. I had already been. I didn't. I hadn't really accepted him like I have now. Uh, so, you know, once after after I overdosed, um, yeah, that is when things really, really changed. Um, that was the day I said, you know, I saw things, uh, like I said, real or not, you know, uh, real to me. And I saw things that really changed my entire world. Now, that doesn't mean that it stopped overnight. I still struggled. I still um, fought. I uh, admitted myself into a rehab that wasn't just a rehab. It was also, you know, um, psychologist and and it was a Christian rehab. And, uh, you know, um, it took me a while now. It took a while, but I was determined. And that's one thing I've always been um, is determined. We have to be really strong. I mean, strength come to me, strength comes from God, but you know, yes, we have to do the work, right? To yes. to be determined to get out. And um, you know, one thing that you said really stuck with me. You said you were so shattered, you stayed with him. Mm-hmm. And the, I know what it is, but tell us about that trauma bonding. Mm-hmm. Trauma bonding. But you know, I didn't know that's what it was until uh, about two or three years ago. I, I had no idea the. Um, definition. I always wondered why. It was something about him. He could um, walk up to me, put his hands on my face and say, you're the mother of my children. Mm-hmm. Even though they were deceased, even though he had partial part of their deaths, um, he would do things like that. And it would just, something inside me would just shudder and just, I always wondered why. You know, and and there's so many women in the world that stay with their abusers. They don't know why either. And now I I think a lot of people 
take it as, oh, he loves me. You know, one time when, um, when I, the first time it happened to me, um, I think he was jealous that I was talking to a friend, um, some his friend, as guy friend, of course, it has nothing to do with, you know, anything, but he was jealous and he um, got violent. And my one of my friends told me, oh, he was so just, that means he loves you. And mm-hmm. it was very skewed, but <laughs> I believed it. I said, you know what? He loves me and I love him. Yeah. You know, the abusers, a lot of times they're charming. You know, they know yes. how to manipulate you. So. Yes, they are. I don't know what it is, but it's just, but you know, with my ex-husband, um, every, to this day, people will still to this day say, oh, well, you know, he's just so funny. He's so handsome. He's so smart. There's no way that he's a evil, you know, evil person. You know, if he did that, there had to be a reason, you know, um, they're always, they have to be a- yeah. They're always so charming. It's something, and I fully believe that it's just evil. It's evil. I used to say um, John is his name in the book. That's his name in the book. Um, and I'm, I'm getting to where I can call him John. Uh, John, I always said John was my devil that on earth, that he was my Satan on earth because he could charm me into anything. It took me quite a while. And I'll tell you that the last time he got a hold of me was with a golf club. And he, yes, he broke my ribs and he really, and I did not, I never pressed charges or anything like that because he was so charming. And so, you know, the trauma bonding is a real thing. And women really. Yes, and I had no idea, and and women really need to be more educated about it because that is why we allow ourselves to to live through something like that. But when he got the golf club a hold of me, that was the first time he used a weapon, um, and a physical weapon. And for some reason, I thank I thank God every day that that triggered my brain, as in that's a weapon. He actually tried to kill you. Mm. Um, and I think that's when uh, it was still a little rough, don't get me wrong, trying to separate um, the whole divorce and everything. He, of course, didn't want it, um, begged me back like always. But for some reason, that was the day. Um, after almost eight years of it, that was the day my brain snapped. And I said, no, this isn't right. It's not right. Um being abused as a child, and I finally realized I was taught that abuse was okay. I thought, it subconsciously thought that abuse was love. And that's the day. All it is is a, a golf club. For a long time, I was uh, shy, I would shy away from golf, literally. Like, I would see golf clubs, and it would literally cause a physical reaction. Yes. Well, yes. yeah, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the day that things changed. Wow. So I know you've, you've lost your children, two children. That is so hard. My, um, my daughter died a year later. I held my son till he passed away. I had five miscarriages. Um, I almost lost my living son, but he's 13 and healthy now. Um, but I did have my youngest son, Ryan was still born. So I buried three children. 
yeah, it, it, I'm sorry. You know, and it is sad because it took me a long, long, long time to get where I'm at. <laughs> but um, God did bless me with my living son. And he's such a miracle that I see it. I see heaven. I see heaven on earth when I look at him. That's good. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. When you left your ex-husband, uh, it finally decided this is, that's all enough. How did you get out? How did you escape? Well, it was a, um, I'm trying to remember how it went. The police were called oh, okay. by the neighbors after the golf club incident. Um, I did not. I chose not to press charges. Don't know why. Um, sometimes I regret it. Sometimes I'm like, well, it's better that I'm just completely free of him. Yeah. Um, a friend of ours uh, moved him out that night, but we had done that every couple months, our entire relationship. Uh, he would always come back or beg me back, or there were even times that I went back to him. Um, that's the trauma bonding thing. Yeah. It, was, it was like months without him, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, nobody's going to love me like him. Mm -hmm. he's got to love me because he fights for me that's how I felt um but I finally luckily for me I had a um a family um home uh that was empty um so I had somewhere to go I, I truly believe God placed all these things in my life I had a good job um I could not afford a car but a friend of mine sold me a $500 car uh mm -hmm. so I had I had a way out and luckily, uh, being where I, where I moved, um, family member and him did not get along. So he kind of kept a wedge between us. Um, I started to go back. I did start to go back when my husband now uh, approached me. And there was something, I had known him a long time. Um, there was something about him. Uh, obviously, there was something about him. I truly believe that God put him in my path. Because God knew that I was fixing to go back and he had already got a hold of me with the golf club. So I truly believe I would not have lived through another round with him. I truly, honestly believe that I would have died. Um, so I'm going to say I got out from pure determination. Um, I also had, when I was thinking about going back, I had an aunt that run up to me one day at work and I had a huge bruise across my face. Um, that was after the golf club incident. And she, for the first time ever, decided to tell me the story of the death of her mother, which was her daddy hit her one time and she hit the, she hit the corner of the coffee table and it killed her instantly. Oh, my gosh. And that stayed in my mind to this day of what can happen. Yes. You know, he just hit her one time. You know, I've been, and I'm sure you understand, I have been beat like a man by many people, especially my ex-husband. Um, he did choke me out, things like that. But this aunt of mine, her mother, and she was there. She saw it happen. She watched her father hit her mother one time, and it killed her. You know, she hit the table, and it killed her. And I thought then, I've got to do something. I've got to get out of this. Um but my husband now, I think, is what kept me from going back. And the only thing I can say is lots of prayer, lots of I beg God for strength 
Um, I knew he would give it to me. I knew it wasn't right, but I had to shake the the confusion is what I say. The confusion of do I love him? Do I not? Does he really love me? Or, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it took me it took me two years to finally say that I will never, you know, go into that again. Um, it took me two years to be able to be comfortable with my now husband. He would talk with his hands and I would shudder. So mm, yes. sex from John, still to this day, not as much, but still to this day, I have those effects, the, the shuddering when somebody screams or hollers or do you do the same? Do you have any? You know, uh, um, it triggers some time, but I have learned to sort of let go and you know I have gone through a lot of things <laughs> the therapy and, and you know yes. counseling yes. you know these things and um God is the number one strength for me amen and amen. Uh, you know he helped me through a lot of times and yes. so that really helped me um and you know you wrote a book it, I think it's healing, right? It's healing to write down journaling. I was actually, I went back to school and I was taking an English class. All my essay was about divorce, about hurt, about all these things. And my teacher, I remember my teacher said, this is really healing for you, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So I said, Very. Yes. And I'm sorry that you have to read these, but yeah, he gave me a plus. And <laughs> awesome. Because, you know, because it was healing for me. I wrote and wrote and wrote. And I think that's why you probably wrote that. It is. Um, I do have another book out. It's half the story. Um, it has my name on it. But um, I realized before I published the other half of my story that I didn't let God lead me in that book. Hmm. I didn't uh, pray over it. I didn't. I just, I took the uh, the pain and just threw it on paper. And, oh, and it was horrible to so many people. Um, you know, it's really hard because the abusers other than my ex-husband in my life, they don't believe that I should be honest or open or oh. tell my story at all because, I mean, you know, who wants to look bad, right? So, um I did do that. And then with this book, I let God lead me in it. And every chapter has Bible verse in it, um, referring to what I had been through. Um, and it was very, very healing for me. Mm -hmm. Know that my pain helps other women is, is all the happiness I need. I, it makes me joyful. Mm -hmm. It, heals me a little more every day when I get a message. Don't get me wrong. I have discovered being in any kind of public eye, you get some really crazy messages from people. But 99% of my messages are so uplifting and encourage me, you know, and it makes me feel so good. It like it takes a little more of that pain away mm -hmm. every time a message. Yeah. I believe the healing is a journey. Until we get to heaven, there's no nothing perfect except God. And, you know, every day is a healing. Every you day. Know, even if you are, you might be a little bit ahead of some people, you know, right. 
a little bit ahead of some people, but it's a journey. We're still going yes. through it and we still have some days that are horrible, you know? Yes, the mental illness part is what's so, so bad. And I truly believe that, you know, everybody has a little bit of anxiety or whatever, but like me, I have, I also have PTSD. Mm. A lot of women, uh, men too, believe that they just think, you know, you have to go to war, which God bless every one of them, you know, but you don't have to just go to war to have PTSD. Exactly. When you watch not one, not two, but three of your children die in front of your eyes, it's going to mess you up in a way that only God can help, but it's never going to be cured. So you learn to... You, yes, you learn to deal with, you learn to live life with it. Um, so many things can happen to us to really trigger our brains and kind of stick us. And, you know, if we're not careful, we can get stuck in one place. Oh, yes. But between me and you and the rest of the world with all the women in the world and some men, you know, there are men that are abused too, but, you know, um, it's crazy. I know I had somebody ask me the other day, why don't you talk about men being abused? Because I'm not a man. When I talk, uh, I'm talking about what I have experienced. Exactly. Yeah. But yes, um, the mental illness part of it is, is kind of sad. You know, it's, it's hard to deal with, but um, I do. I make a choice. God gave me that strength to get up every day. And yesterday might've been a horrible day, but today's always going to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I love your smile. <laughs> Thank and um, so if you were to go back, you know, right now you are bet- at a better place and you mm. can see how, how healthy relationship will look like, right? Mm. If yes. you were to be able to go back to your younger self, wherever that state might be, mm. what would you say to her? I've been asked that before. Um, You know, it's a hard question to answer. Yes, it is. (laughs) And I say that because even though, and if I get a little emotional, forgive me, but the only thing that I wouldn't change and people think I'm crazy is my children. You know, um, even though they died, even though I didn't hear their voice, um, they weren't old enough to, You know, I I didn't have any birthday parties here on earth with them. I still would, I don't regret them because they're my children and they are waiting for me. Um, But I would tell Lucy to lean more on God. Let God have a little bit more of your life. Because when I was a teenager, that's when things were all just falling apart, you know. So when I met my ex-husband, I had... I buried two children by the time I was 19. If I would have allowed God more of me, if I would have allowed him in more, maybe things wouldn't have turned out so bad. But at the same time, my entire life, I believe that I was meant for a little bit more than just, you know, nothing kind of thing. I don't know how that sounds, but I always have been, you know, the good friend or, You know, um, I've always been there for others um, because I'm drawn to it. I'm just because I'm drawn to it. Um, So I would just tell teenage Lucy to open your heart up more to God and let him take over. 
because maybe if I would have done that, maybe they wouldn't have died. Maybe he would, maybe I wouldn't have stayed with him that long. Um, Maybe I would have left before my children died. Who knows? You know, yeah, if I yeah. would have attended yeah. instead of instead of just allowing him to overcome every part of my mind. I'm talking about my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if I would have let God have it, because once I did let God have my pain, now look at it. You know, all my pain is going into helping people, and what better way? to go about your life. I mean, Mm -hmm. to make an impact like you, you make an impact on other women. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and it's got to make you happy. Like it does me. Yes. You know, some, I still have fear, you know, what like you were saying, you know, what about haters and how, what about those people who doesn't think, you know, that right. put you and that kind of stuff. But you know what? Yeah. We have to just let God handle it and yes. just move on. <laughs> See with me, um, my biggest haters is my family, mm. uh, my immediate family. Um, they don't support what I'm doing. Um, because you're not, according to, um, my family, you're not supposed to talk about anything that's ever bad happened to you. Um, you cannot live a happy life. You cannot move on with your life if you're not open and honest about what has happened in your life. It's the way I look at it. Um, and you know, why keep it a secret? It happened. So once you release it and let God have it, mm-hmm. then you can move on. Evilness loves secret. So it's good to put it in the light. And let God have it. Yes. You know, not everybody wants to share and not everybody is ready to share. So it's okay. If, if people yeah. are not ready to share, it's okay. But, you know, we share because we want to inspire other people and shed a light to this horrible thing. And, and there, there is hope. You right. know, there is hope always. And there is a way out. Right. It's always the way out. A lot of women feel like they don't have a voice. They don't have anywhere to go. Like they don't, you know, there's, there's so many women that do leave and then they're like, well, if I don't go back, I mean, if I go back, then, you know, maybe they don't have um, good finances. Maybe they can't find a good job. Maybe you know, there's a lot of women feel like they're, they have no way out and that's not the case. No. You know? So many ways out, but number one, you know, God will give you the strength to move forward and he will place things in your life. I mean, miracles happen. Oh, you know? yes. 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 You just have to believe in the process, believe in God. You're so right. You're so right about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you doing to make yourself happy? And, you know, Me? now you have your husband, you have your child you know things of course are going well but you know sometimes we do get you know Mm -hmm. up and down well this is life right 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 what are you you make what's making you happy right now what is making me happy right now is is my what what we always say is what's under our roof, which is my husband, my son, and my dog. <laughs> you know, we uh, we we worry about what's under our roof instead of what's going on 
outside, you know, around us. We, um, you know, we travel as much as possible and things like that. Really? Right now, um, what makes me happy is just, now my husband just had two surgeries in two months. Um, but spending some extra time with him has been nice, you know, without him working. Um, just just being, what makes me happy is just being, if that makes any sense. Oh, um, I understand. I, I don't have, you know, years ago I had 24-7, I had an anxiety attack. I couldn't ever relax. I couldn't ever calm down. I could, you know, things were, were rough. Um, I'm just happy just being, being happy, being all the women I speak to every day. Um, I really enjoy doing what I'm doing um, and just uh, allowing myself to be happy and accept the the happiness that God has given me and the joy that he has given me. Um, you know, some days are bad, you know, not every day is great. Um, but that's what makes me happy. Just being happy with my little family, what's under my roof. And I mean, the opportunity, like speaking with you today, just makes me so happy. I love meeting new people, um, other women like me, you know, I always say, just because you haven't been through every single thing I've been through, we still have a lot in common mm-hmm. and we can help uplift and encourage each other, which yeah. makes each other happy. Yeah. So, yeah, I know we, I, you know, I always say I want to live in the world where everybody, you know, all women, men and women come together and just lift each other up, not tear yeah. each other down, you know? Right. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I'm a firm believer that, you know, um, you know, we don't all have to believe the same exact way. We don't all have to. I've, I've had I've had non-believing women uh, join my blog and read my book um, and tell me that um, they appreciate me not nailing Jesus or, or shoving Jesus down their throats. Right. Yeah. Um, but they enjoy following you know what I'm doing and they agree and uh, you know that they really like what I'm doing and the way I look at it is one I might my book might be all the God they've ever heard you know it might change their lives one day you never know but either way we don't have to turn each uh, tear each other down you know we can all uplift each other and you never know what somebody else might do for your life you never know you're right. Your story might change everything about our lives. Yeah. So what tangible things do you do when you are triggered or you feel like, oh, this is a bad day? What tangible things do you do to get over that? Well, I talk a lot about that. <laughs> Some days, um, the thing is, example, if my depression is working on me, if my anxiety is working on me, the number one thing is to focus on yourself um, to an extent of taking care of yourself. Mm. Um, if you need to lay on the couch and watch a feel good movie, um, take a nap, which I can't ever take a nap, but whatever it is that makes you better, a better person, do it mm-hmm. just because you need to take a break. Uh, and I do the same thing. Sometimes I just have to take a break. I'm blessed enough that I am far enough into my journey that I can um, do what's important first 
and Mm -hmm. then take time for myself. But no matter what, you know, take, you have to take time for yourself to get through and get, because you, tomorrow's always going to be a better day. Tomorrow's going to be a new day. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be the same as it was today. So it's focusing on whatever it is that makes me feel better. Yeah. In that moment, in that moment. So live in the present moment. If I need to just go take a long hot bath, if I need to, whatever it may be, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm blessed enough to, you know, God did bless me with a husband that understands that. So I am very lucky. But um, we all have to understand that we do have to take care of ourselves. Or we can't take care of anybody else, mm-hmm. you know. You're so right about that. I always talk about that too. That's awesome. I want to talk a little bit about your book. So we know that's your memoir about Mm -hmm. what you you have gone through. And it's called what? My My Cry to God. My My Cry to God. Okay. And by author named Olivia? Uh, uh, My pen name is Olivia Johnson. Olivia Johnson. Okay. And you said you have another book? Yes, um, it was just half the story. It was called, uh, or is called, My Journey Through Hell on My Way to Heaven. Mm, okay. um, it come out in 2012. Um, I'm just focusing on this book, on my cry to God, because it's the one I let, you know, I really prayed about and let God lead me in. Awesome. Um, it needs some extra editing. It could use, you know, a little extra this and that. But like I always say, and like a lot of other people tell me, it's all about the story. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sell a book. I'm trying to tell a story. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to use my pain to better someone else's life. Um, and that's why I always tell people to go to the library and get it. Uh, you know, if they don't have it, you can order it. I mean, they'll order it for you and you can rent it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's awesome. So where can people find you and where can people buy your book? Okay, you can find My Crowd of God on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, westbowpress.com. Uh, like I said, you can always go to your local library. Um, I originally started my book page. My Crowd of God is uh, my book page on Facebook, but it has turned into a blog uh, mm-hmm. also. I uh, do a whole lot of inspirational quotes and videos, um, and we, do a lo- we talk about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, being that I've been through so much, you know, we, we talk about everything. Uh, and of course you can find me on Instagram, just my cry to God on Instagram. And I had originally thought I would change, you know, the name, but no, it's my cry to God and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the name God gave you. So, right. right. That's right. Awesome. So, um, you said you have a website or a blog site. Uh, the Facebook, my cry to God is, uh, the kind of like the blog site. Oh, for okay. Okay. Just for now, I'm fixing to uh, I'm fixing to change that, and I'll have more more to do. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's okay. Just one one thing at a time, right? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lucy, for it was so nice to meet you. Yes, it was too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening and being part of this community. If this show intrigues you in any way, please subscribe and share with others. Also, please come and join the Rise Up Woman Movement group on Facebook. And you can connect with me personally on Facebook, Mickey Sturgis, 
and Instagram at Rise Up Women Movement or at Becky Sturgis. Thank you again for tuning in. Remember, you're not alone in this journey. You are uniquely and wonderfully made by the God of Universe. There's only one of you in the whole wide world, and you are worth it. See you next time.